Our gospel lesson this morning is from the gospel of Mark, as it is in this second year of, uh, of our lectionary. And this is the opening of the gospel of Mark. Verses Mark 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, open our ears that we may hear your truth. Open our eyes that we may see your kingdom. And open our hearts and minds that we might know the cries of our brothers and sisters who are hungry and hurting and sometimes even dying without the knowledge of your love for them. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen. Now here we are in the second Sunday of Advent. And I'm doing something that I don't normally do. And that is, I am preaching from the lectionary. The reason that I normally don't preach from the lectionary during Advent is because I came to the conclusion a long, long time ago, in, or very early on in my ministry, that we don't know the story. Or that we don't have time to celebrate the story, the greatest story ever told, as, as someone called it in the movies. And there are so many layers to that story coming to us from the Gospel of, of Luke, where we are introduced to Mary and the, and, uh, the angel Gabriel coming to Mary, to that, to that frightened teenager. And we'll be hearing about that next week. But we also have the words from the Gospel of Matthew, which talks about Joseph's encounter with the angel after Mary has been impregnated. And then all of the things that come together in that story, the stories that we only find in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. Mark was the first Gospel written probably was set to papyrus or set to whatever paper they were using at that time around 20 years after the crucifixion and the resurrection. The stories of Jesus had been told by his followers around the campfires. Just like the other stories that we find throughout the Bible. Only Mark, excuse me, only Matthew and Mark, or only Matthew and Luke brought 
light to the birth narratives. Mark was more concerned with the, with the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, starting with the proclamation of John the Baptist. John, on the other hand, well, if you read the Gospel of John, and I do advise everyone to read the Gospel, of, read all four of the Gospels. You can take one chapter a day. It won't take long. John's sort of off in his own world. John gives us a Jesus of the head. John looks at the mysticism of Jesus. Matthew's more, excuse me, Mark is more concerned with the let's get on with it. Let's get on with the mission. Let's get started with what's going on. And this morning we begin to hear from John the Baptist as he comes to prepare the way for Christ. It's interesting because John the Baptist, as we will, as we will see in the very early part of the story, which will be coming right after the new year, as we deal with, with, with Jesus' baptism by his cousin John, We'll see that that John was very popular. John had a following that brought him to the attention of Herod. And actually, King Herod, who was not someone that you really wanted to deal with, man killed his own father. He dealt with or, or uh, killed his own son because they were threats to him. He had no problem with... He, think of him like Don Corleone. Only with a little bit more power. He could say he didn't like someone and his soldiers would go out and take care of that person. Had no problem dealing with that. He was more concerned about appeasing the folks in Rome than he was so that he could maintain his power than he was with doing anything right for the Jewish people who were part of this Roman Empire at that, by that time. But we meet John this morning as he's talking about repentance, as he's talking people to, to begin to think about their lives, to think about their relationship with God, to think about all of the things that had been promised by the prophets and how soon and very soon they would be coming to fruition. That was his hope. That was his prayer. That was his calling. I don't think he knew that his cousin, by the way, that Jesus and John were cousins. If you remember John, or when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, that Elizabeth was carrying John. Her cousin Elizabeth was carrying John. 
I don't think John really had any idea that, that his cousin, Joe, over here, Jesus, was the guy. I don't think he knew. Now, he'd, he'd heard stories, I'm sure, growing up as the two of them grew up together. I'm sure that there were stories and everything else, but he probably thought, nah, ain't no way. No way that's it, that there's any truth to that. As, he's, as he is preaching repentance, he's getting a following. He's getting the attention of everyone, and people are beginning to focus in. Where he goes, crowds appear. Because they were seeking something more by that time. Now, Our, our lessons this morning have, in a way, focused on peace. Peace was a hard commodity to find in Israel at that time. The people had been in and out of exile several times through the years. During the time that our lesson from the from Isaiah was was written, our scholars believe that this was after they had returned. We're in Second Isaiah. By the way, Isaiah is written. It looks like Isaiah is three books written over about a hundred year period by three or four different people. That section that, that I read from this morning beginning in about the mid-30th chapter of Isaiah is considered second Isaiah. It's after the exile. And it's talking about peace. It's talking about making a way. It's talking about finding something that brings peace to you. Not necessarily looking at peace as in world peace or or a, a, a step away from fighting, but but finding that that peace that Paul talks about in Philippians as the peace that passes all understanding, an, an, an inner peace, if you will. But that inner peace was even difficult to find back in those days because there was the, the, the Jewish people were oppressed, and what they were looking for was. A Messiah who would come in. They were convinced that the, that the Messiah would be someone who would come in riding on a white horse. Symbolically, of course. Riding on a white horse, wielding a sword, gathering up the Jewish people to, re, to rise in revolt against the people that had been oppressing them for so long. The Jewish people, for years, had been pushovers. They went from one being conquered by one group to being conquered by another group and on and on and on. And it had been that way for many centuries by that time. So peace was difficult to find. There were wars and rumors of wars all around. Just like today, Look at the 
situation in Ukraine. Look at the continuing situation in Gaza and Israel, where it's become more than just an eye for an eye, it seems. Where there are no winners, only losers. And there were other things, like the devastation that we've seen from natural disasters just recently here in our own area last night. I was talking with with Liz and, and Ann when I first got or when they first got here this morning. I have friends. That's my that, that's that's where I grew up. Middle Tennessee is where I grew up. I'm glad I don't live there now. They have more tornadoes. The tornado alley seems like it's moved moved up into Middle Tennessee more so than it was down in Alabama when I was a kid. Luckily, my friends are safe. But it's my understanding that as of this morning, they, they, are, they know of six people who lost their lives in the destruction. And if you've never been in a tornado, just let me tell you, you're not going to find any peace while that's happening. I've been in one. I hope I never experience that again in my life. We talk about peace. We light a candle to remember peace. We, we seek peace at this time. And peace is one of the four foci of Advent. But the peace that, that we're talking about, the peace that comes from Christ is, the, is that inner peace that comes with the renewed relationship with the living God. That was the reason for the good news. We had this history throughout the, throughout the Jewish history. The, Israel, the history of Israel is a history of being oppressed, calling out to God for relief from that oppression. Then when they are released for a time period, praising God is something that, that they do for, for, for a time period. And then as folks get accustomed to the good things, they turn their backs. Sort of like in our age, the Sunday following September 11th, Churches were packed within six months. 
attendance was back to normal. That's the way it was in Israel. And it was an ongoing over and over. It was a cycle. We praise God when things are good, and then, or we praise God until things are really good, then we stop praising God. We get oppressed, we start praising God again. Things get good, we stop praising God. And it was just a cycle. And God finally said, enough of this. Enough of this. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to go. And once and for all, settle this whole thing of relationship. And he did. In the form of Jesus Christ. As we think about Advent, as we think about the approach to Christmas, as we think about the coming remembrance of the Incarnation, let's not focus on that baby in the manger, because that's not what's important. God coming to us in the form of a baby is important. But what's most important is why. And I think when we get ourselves focused on our relationship with the living God, the living God who put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The living God who through the Holy Spirit is with us each and every moment of our lives. Who is there with us when things are up but more importantly is there with us when things are down. When we focus on that relationship and we step away from, from all, of the, all of the manufactured commercialization that we've seen and focus on that relationship. We get back to that basic truth that our God wants a relationship with us. Our God loves us enough that He was willing to give up everything so that we might have life and have it abundantly. And as part of that abundant living comes peace. A peace that will pass all understanding. Let's seek that peace. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to visit our website at mcfarlandumc.org to learn more about our church and the ministries that we provide to the Rossville and East Lake communities around Chattanooga. 
May God's blessings be yours.